Welcome to the Uncanny Adventures podcast. We're doing some Call of Cthulhu, uh, Reign of Terror from uh, Cassium uh, by Mark Morrison. And um, so we're back. We are short one Katie tonight. She has other things to do. She has to be a grown up about things. So she's leaving me to uh, mess with the guys and see if we can't drive them crazy before she comes back. Which also means I'm in big trouble because I don't have Katie to keep them in line. So, uh, we are in 1789, France, just on the verge of the French Revolution. Our brave investigators, who are French soldiers, have been tasked by the doctor to the king and queen and their captain to investigate Count who is known to come from Germany, but has inundated himself into the queen's inner circle. And there's many people who think this is a very bad thing. So last session, the soldiers made their way to Poissy, where they plan to investigate the Count's house, Count Fenelik. But unfortunately, they were surprised when Fenelik showed up, and not long after, a whole train of carriages and guests arrived with him. Taking the opportunity, most of the group decided to join the party. There was a carriage heist. It went very, very well. And there was also a... uh, One member of the party who snuck around the gardens for most of the night, but still managed to collect what I think may have been the only piece of evidence taken from the entire house that evening. All right, so we're back. Um, So real quick, let's remind everybody who you guys are. All right, so Dylan, who are you tonight? Uh, I'm the one who stuck around the garden all night. (laughs) Uh, I am Jean Dupois, a 49-year-old grumpy uh, soldier whose wife died um, due to all the corpses and stuff. Uh, And he has a puppy now. So he's a little less grumpy, I suppose, but, you know, still really grumpy. <laughs> Alcoholic, you know. Puppies are a cure for all things, so in no time, Dupois will be back to his happy-go-lucky... Wait, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure nothing could go wrong. Nothing can ever go wrong. All right, so, Scott, bring us back. Who are you playing tonight? Hey, Scott here. Playing Christoph Pressy. Womanizer, marksman, heister of heists, you know, no big deal. <laughs> and Jamie. Hi, I'm playing Etienne Babon, the ex-gunner who is missing a hand and is partially deaf, but seems to be the only one who can actually pass a listen check for some odd reason. And for those keeping track at home, last session there was one hand pun. There's going to be more. <laughs> and along with this party, uh, though uh, run by me, uh, they have their sergeant, Renault, who is a uh, level-headed man. He uh, he knows his, his men and his company well, and he knows their strengths and their weaknesses very well. They also have uh, Beaumains. He is a close friend of Hugel, and uh, he's... A very idealistic man, uh, but also a true friend. And we have Katie's character, Joseph Hugel, who is that guy that can get you pretty much anything, provisions-wise or otherwise, within the army. And uh, 
is responsible for <laughs> keeping everyone out of trouble for the most part. So these guys are in big trouble. <laughs> all right. So when we left off, you had all attended this party. It was qu- quite the affair. <laughs> there was much entertainment. Even the king and queen and the young recently deceased prince made an appearance. Meanwhile, the party was ended what seemed prematurely when the short man dressed as the prince, the dauphine who had recently died, refused to play some some selection of music that Count Fenelik really was was excited to hear. Uh, the woman who was with him made excuses for her little her friend, um, and the count angrily dismissed the party. But not before everyone was handed an invitation to his next soiree. You left the manse, headed outside with the rest of the crowd, noticed a very familiar carriage sort of inside the gate and off in the trees, missing one Jean Dupois, until you saw Dupois carrying what appeared to be a motionless woman in his arms as he ran through the tree line toward the carriage. And (laughs) so we pick up, you guys have reached the carriage and as Dupois gets closer, you see that he actually isn't carrying an unconscious woman. He's carrying a statue that the bottom is, is broken. It looks like it was broken off the base as he holds it. I'm for thieving. Uh, did you loot? It is uh, evidence. As he turns it around and holds mm-hmm. it, you note that it looks like it should be a statue of like the Virgin Mary holding the baby Jesus in her arms tenderly. But you get a closer look as the moonlight hits it, and you see that the woman has sharp teeth. And she's leaning over as if to just eat the baby. And immediately, especially Pressy, you look at this and you realize that this is completely against the church. That this would get anyone in trouble if if the hierarchy of the church found out that someone had something like this. It's a conspiracy. We? (laughs) Dupois is going to open the door of the carriage and just like carefully put it on the seat. The You guys see the... The puppy crawls out of Dupois' shirt and jumps on the seat and sort of turns around a couple times and licks Dupois and then lays down. Little pat. If, if I can, maybe a blanket or cloth or something to cover the statue. Uh, that's a good idea. Sure, uh, just roll me a spot check. Just a spot hidden just to see if you can find something in the back of this carriage that would do. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, yep. So you you quickly look around and you do. You find a very nice blanket. It's a fleece. It's all just really nicely woven and like etchings and you just sort of drop it over the top of the statue. Presley tries to keep his distance. Like, it's in the back, right? Yes. You'll try to stay near the front of the carriage. Okay. So uh, Hugo looks around and motions for Dupois to get the horse onto the cobblestone and get the carriage moving because you are starting to notice that some of the people walking to their carriages that are further down toward the town are kind of giving you a little curious glance like what's going on 
Whatever. Okay. <laughs> you want me to get, do you want me to do a drive carriage? Yes, track? I do. Oh boy. Uh, Babel is going to go sit on the little back shelf again. All right. So as you climb on, uh, Dupois excellently maneuvers like this horse from, you would almost think the carriage was going to be stuck, but it just pops it right out of the little rutitin and takes it onto the road without any problems whatsoever. Told you know how to drive a carriage. <laughs> he does indeed. <laughs> so you take the carriage. Uh, you still get a couple of looks from people as you ride past. Um, a few of them actually look offended that your carriage was so close to the house as theirs have had to be left so far away. Um, as you ride along, uh, Pressy, give me another spot hidden check. I think I used the wrong dice button this time. It was it's supposed to be the green one, isn't it? You can use either, but the green one's easier. It doesn't give you all of the rolls. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so as your carriage is making its way down, and you're kind of sitting, uh, trying to stay on the opposite side of the statue, you see uh, the uh, object of your affection walking, um, sort of patting at her face with a... Uh, tissue or a handkerchief as she goes by and uh you so you see melody uh walking you the gentleman that she went with is sort of trying to like put his his arm in her arm but she's like kind of having none of it she looks rather upset by the happenings of the evening aren't we all he she's with him and where's the dad um, so she had told you that at one point her father is older. He's, he's up there in age. He doesn't attend things like this. So it appears this young gentleman was her escort for the evening. We, we, I, as, as much as he would want to, we, we're going to just keep going. Okay. All right. So you uh, ride down the road in the carriage. As you approach the town, you see two figures uh, sort of standing off on the side of the road that you recognize as the Sergeant and Beaumains. And they're waiting for you all to come back. <laughs> because we just drive up. I go, bonjour. The Sergeant looks at you with, like, eyebrow raised. What? What the? Where did you get a carriage? What are you wearing? <laughs> we probably should have changed. As my head pokes out and says that. <laughs> that bone pokes his head around the carriage. Yeah, maybe we should have. Uh, we we, we, got, we got evidence, sir. What, where did you... That is fantastic news. The, the carriage, though. Uh... And Balmain's just sort of leans back, and he's looking at each of you in turn, waiting. Yes, I would love to know where where did you get the fine fine outfits you wear, you Hugel, You have never looked finer. And he smiles. Some very generous citizens mm. well, offered us the army. We. <laughs> Balmain's just walks away. <laughs> We're gonna give it back. Well, we are. <laughs> of course, we are. As I look at you, equally confused. <laughs> we, we must get back to Versailles. We must go and talk to the captain immediately. 
Mm. You say you have evidence? He will be overjoyed to find out. But shh, we are still shh. This is need to know. Hop in, plenty of wine. He he hesitantly climbs into the carriage and looks around. And he says, Dubois, he sticks his head out. You brought the dog? Uh, I had nowhere to keep him. <laughs> Throws his hands up, gets back into the carriage. <sighs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> As he hops into the carriage, I'm like popping open a wine bottle and I just give him the full bottle. He looks at the bottle. He looks at Pressy. He leans Even out like and hold, he holds the bottle out of the carriage up toward the driver's seat. Oh, <laughs> I grab it and I just... <laughs> All right, so Bowman's will uh, jump onto I'm the back. Sergeant knows me well. <laughs> uh, Bowman's jumps onto the back with uh, with Babam and just looks at you and smiles and says, So, how how was the, the festivities, my friend? Festive? Um... And I like trying to be very calm and complacent. Uh, I try to give like a full report, and like probably probably having awkward like moments of pause when it gets to like the really nasty stuff. Like there was this priest at the at the entrance. What you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, as you start to uh, tell the story um, and explain the details a little bit at the time, and. I'm sure everyone fills in their little bit here and there. Uh, and the carriage drives on into the darkness. You see, like, Babon and uh, Beaumont are kind of on the back, but, you know, both can lean in on either side and listen. And just the expressions on the two gentlemen who were not with you just are shock. And the sergeant is like, we must waste no time. This is worse than I thought. This man is one step away from our king. This is no, this is terrible. The and he looks out and he's like, Dubois, double time, mm. let's go. <laughs> All right. So you make good time back to Versailles. Uh but you get back, it's it's like early morning hours, like it's after three in the morning. And the sergeant says, Take yourselves to the barracks, get some rest, freshen up. I will fig- find where the captain is in the morning, and we will make our report. And then we will see what is next to be done. Talk to no one about what you saw or what transpired. What, what of the evidence as I look at the back of the carriage with the, the blanket over top of the statue? Hmm. We will take it into one of the storage lockers here in the barracks. We will lock it up for the night. And we will retrieve it in the morning when we go find the captain. Should any of us keep guard, sir? Just in case? Yes, I will uh, have you do it in shifts. Uh, I will... Babon and Pressy and Dubois and Beaumans. Uh, he looks at Hugel. He says, Hugel, you need to go. There are some orders for you uh, that came in. You may have to return to Paris tomorrow, uh, but you will let me know as soon as you know for sure. And Hugel... Uh, quickly finds a place, takes the uniform, and goes to change out of the evening's attire. Left, right, up, down, making sure nobody sees him, and disappears. 
All right. So um, you guys set a watch and things like that for the night. And you actually have no problems overnight. No one uh, disturbs you. You do hear um, the occasional conversation amongst the soldiers that are on duty and things like that and the guard. Um, it sounds like things in Paris are getting more and more like disturbed um, as far as riots over the cost of the of food and things like that, the lack of food for people, um, this push for this uprising of the different classes and like the lower class wanting to push to uh, get representation. And uh, it's, it's just a lot is going on though. It seems the aristocrats are still just flipping about it. They don't care. Um, so the next day, Let's see. Dubois, seriously, what are we going to do with that carriage? <laughs> Is it under uh, military custody for contraband? That's wink. what I figured. I, I wink. Yeah. We can, we can do that, right? <laughs> so, when you all wake up, you get yourselves prepared, the sergeant finds you and he says... I have located Captain Malone. He has secured a room inside the apartments in the palace proper for us to speak. He says, quickly, this way, with me. And he takes you with him. And uh, so you march through, and uh, a lot of the aristocrats who stay here in the apartments and things like that, they're up and about, they're walking and meandering in the gardens, they're having a good time. Though you hear immediately that uh, the king and queen left the day before, They've returned to Paris and are mourning the de- the, the prince, um, and there's no word on when they're likely to come back. So everyone's just sort of milling about and doing their own thing for now. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so you are taken inside and upstairs to a less opulent apartment than the doctor had, and waiting inside is Captain Melon. He uh, his hat is sitting on a table nearby when you walk in he uh stands at attention you all salute he salutes you back and then, i do my best salute because i have the statue <laughs> under the under the sheet of course yes no one else can see it but the puppy is following along in your wake oh <laughs> um he as he can every... we will take like little bits of his whatever rations of bread or whatever he gets and feeds it to the puppy Every so often, I'm like, no, puppy, don't, don't follow me. No, go back to the medics. <laughs> but it doesn't listen. When you, when you, when you talk to the puppy, he stops. He sits on his haunches and he like has his little tongue out, looking at you, head cocked sideways. And it's, he seems like, yeah, he's gonna listen. And then as soon as you start to walk away, he just starts following after you, happy go lucky. Um. So when you get inside, uh, the captain says, so. Sergeant tells me that there is evidence against Count Fenelik. We oui. <laughs> Dubois dramatically reveals the statue, and you see Captain Malone. He walks over, and he does a very you know slow inspection of it, looking at it, and he looks at Dubois and he says, "Tell me exactly where you got this." Uh, there are gardens behind Count Fenelik's manor. He has a uh, few statues, but this was uh, the most concerning, to be sure. I see. 
what else did you witness at this Count's house? I looked at everybody else. <laughs> if I if I may, sir. And then I just go into full detail. Definitely, Presty probably finds the um, the corpse statue priest guy in the most disturbing at the beginning. Probably more than anything else. So he probably and goes. He probably should. A yeah, little more seeing as detail he, on that than yeah. anything else. Seeing yeah. as he was dressed as the Pope. And Babone fills in any details. Probably more like the paintings that were on the ceiling of the ballroom that were all like very graphic and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Besides um besides uh Melody, was there uh anybody else? I think her name? No, what no, what is her name? Jesus Christ. The the girl the girl Pressy likes, besides her and her escort. Mm-hmm. Um was there anybody else at the party Pressy recognized? I, um I don't there were other um like Aristos that yeah, all of you have seen and some some of them you know the names of and stuff. Uh but they're all every everyone at the party aside from you guys in disguise was part of the aristocracy. They were a, they were that upper class group. I, I definitely try to list off any names I know as well. Okay. Um, and then after we're done telling the story, Babon's going to pull out that invitation we all got at the end. Okay. And hold it out to the captain's day. As we were leaving, we were handed this. So they must return and we didn't have a choice. So uh, he, he takes a look at it and he says, ah, that he looks at you all, the grand carnival of animals. Really? Saturday, June 13th, midnight. Hmm. That is only a little over a week away. The statue is evidence enough. I'm sure the doctor would agree. Yes, I think so. All right. I've talked much with Regalt about if we could find the evidence and what we would do if we did. Uh, I am prepared to set aside a group of soldiers. We can do, we can have a unit as many as 50 men prepared for you. Since you have working knowledge of the Count's estate and you are the ones that discovered this evidence for us, I think that you, your, your unit would be best to lead this, this group. My thought is that we could catch with this, this new information about another soiree, if we could catch not just a count with his sacrilegious statues and other things that he has, but other witnesses and other guilty parties who could bring evidence, it would go far to turn the tables and turn the eyes of the king and the queen against him. So yes, I think, I think yes, you, you all, and he looks at the sergeant, you and your, you and your men have done well. So yes, you will, you will plan this raid. Yes, let us let us figure that out then. I think, and he puts the, the invitation down. I think that this this date, this party is our night. But what what do you think? What shall we pl- what shall we do? Seeing as you know, you know the, the the house, the area around it. What do you think? I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to pick a swine outfit. Yes, this is fair. I'm. I am also ready to write your requisitions. If you need arms, equipment, I could uh-huh. get. I could get you a cannon if you think a cannon would be necessary. Gunpowder, if need be. 
<laughs> a cannon may be a little excessive, sir. It would be cool, but yes. A little excessive. But it's greatly appreciated. And I don't know that we can fit 50 soldiers in uh, our carriage. I don't know if they'd all fit in there. No, but... If... Uh, hmm. I, I elbow you on the side about the carriage. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if if we plan to do this the night of the party, if you think that is that is a good choice based on what you have already seen, we can perhaps bring the forces in. What is what is the lay of the land around this mansion? Is there it's, is there adequate area to to hide a force as large as fifty? I get a woods all spread out around the perimeter. I think I think Percy had a good enough observation when he was sitting there, kind of being your guys' watch. He probably gives a pretty good lay of the land. Okay. Yeah. So you 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 discuss how the um the small town is down at the bottom of the hill. Actually, to get to Fenelix, um, you have to go up the long cobblestones to get there. Um, you can tell them about the the fact that the whole property is gated, and it's quite a large property. Um, uh, I do tell them that there are woods like inside of the wall as well. Okay. And I, I use those to sneak around the perimeter. Ah, see that that is good information, Dubois. Very good, very good. Yes, indeed. Let's see. Um, what else? What else? Um, I mean, with these men that we would give you, you could decide to do uh, larger units of men or smaller. What do you think? If we are considering a blockade, possibly smaller units, just so they'd be more spread out, less less of gaps in between. Mm. Less opportunities for someone to uh, dispose of evidence or some such. We True. Or exactly. if somebody tries to run. Mm. That is very good, very good. Yes, we want to make sure no one can leave. Everyone who attends this party must be taken into custody and questioned about what is going on, what their what their role is in being there. It is very important that we have everyone who's involved. We... Everyone? Yes, of everyone. course. Everyone. Who, who would attend these soirees if they were not involved somehow? Probably the one person Pressy didn't mention was Melody. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised by that. Oh, he so he just he just shuts his lip and looks down. That bone gives him like a very subtle wooden smack on the leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, yes, if we have groups of men, uh, they can stop people from escaping. Um, you would be best to know where, in fact, they could be stationed. And just so you gentlemen know, I've put the. Uh, Parts of the Count's mansion that you guys would recognize and know, I put them up on roll 20 and I've moved you so you should be able to see them. Let me know if you can't. Yeah, these are pretty good map. Yeah. So, um, he says, what else? What else? Uh, if, uh, if we sent an advanced party into the soiree, we would need some kind of signal to... Uh, make sure that the others who are surrounding the, the, the property would know. So we, we would need to plan a signal for that. Um, I don't know. Any other objectives you can think of that would be of import? 
Um, I what, what was what was the signal Christy had before? Was that a, like a, it was a chirping bird or something? Bird, yeah, yeah, it was a bird call. You most likely would reference that again. It was the whistle. It was the whistle one that I can't actually do, but Christy can do flawless. <laughs> So he, he is looking at you, especially those of you that saw the inside, excuse me, of the mansion, as the you are the leaders of this this raid. This is yours to plan and prepare. Should prom- should obviously cover all the windows. <clears throat> especially yeah, um, especially um, in the kitchen and dining room area. I was gonna say Dupois tells you about the side door to the kitchen that he passed. Um, and there's probably a door... There's a door at the garden, too, right? Uh, so yeah. there was the kitchen door that uh-huh. Dupois saw. There, at the back of the house was the coach... Oh, uh, okay. ...carriage barn. Um, and then the main door was the front grand foyer entrance. Okay. Then I'll just tell him about the, the kitchen door. You can cover pretty much the kitchen door and the coach at the same place. Mm-hmm. Pressy kind of, you, he kind of seems a little um, enthusiastic about this, and he seems to take this taking in charge to heart, and he's like actually trying oh, to, Lord. like he's being very serious about this. The captain says, "You have a number of days to plan this properly. We know when he will next be preparing." If we ready ourselves and are in the area the evening of this soiree, we can take them all. For the king. Yes, we must protect him. These are my instructions from now till then. No one can leave that party. You must make sure that your men know this. They must all be taken in. Everyone on the property is to be arrested. Servants, aristos, everyone. We need to capture the Count, not kill him. We have to have him stand trial. We must prove in open court that he is not what he says he is. Every single thing in the house that we can get our hands on is evidence. No one, keep an eye on your men, keep an eye on the people you're taking in. No one is to loot anything. Also, any writings, books, journals, things of that nature. Regalt and I have discussed that he will go over them and start to put together the case against Fenelik. Understood. Also, if you need to speak to him, I have been told by Renault he had to go back to the city and continue to oversee the movement of the bones and the bodies to the catacombs. But... I can send a messenger and bring him here if you need to speak to him, if you think he can be of any assistance in your planning. I leave that up to you. Mm. He does have a much more intimate knowledge of this count as he has been part of the court and has seen him interact with the aristocrats. Mm. Then obviously we should uh, have a word from this gentleman. Uh, I will send for a messenger, and I will have him come out. He should be able to be here by tomorrow. Unless you want to go back to the city and meet him there. That is also a possibility. That could work. Sorry. The cat was messing with the furniture. 
How did the cat eat inside? I don't know. Go, shoot, push again. The dog, the dog chases the cat. As you say, the dog. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but he's like clawing the, he's trying to claw the cat out of his arm to get my attention. It's like, play with me. Oh, so if, uh, so the captain says that if you would prefer, you can take the time and go back to the city yourselves during the course of planning this. He also, uh, he tells you that he will give you requisitions if there's anything you think you need from the Bastille back in Paris to bring back with you. It'd probably be best to go back to Paris. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. But what would we need? Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of things we could use, but not in yeah, this yeah. era. <laughs> not in this era. Yeah. I'm thinking like, oh man. Like Wire a tapping. Scoped, and... A good scoped rifle might be good. And I'm like, oh wait. Or like a camera. Yeah. Camera. Right. Tell, if maybe, anybody had a camera, we could have just take pictures of everything. Yeah. Do we, do we already have to, um, like binoculars or telescopes or anything like that? Oh no, yeah. A spyglass? Yeah. You, you could find one probably amongst the uh, barracks somewhere. Yeah, that would be expensive. That wouldn't be something we could we would just have. I don't think so. Maybe maybe we would go get that at least. All right. So you requisition a spyglass. They they get you one out of the store out of storage. Hand it over. You have now required one spyglass. Okay. Anybody who wants to can add it to their sheet. <laughs> so uh, Sergeant says, if we return to the city. We can probably see the doctor at the catacombs. We can use the excuse that we're checking in for to make sure all is well there as they've needed assistance, and it won't be strange for him to see us. I think anywhere else in the city might be odd for a random group of soldiers to be speaking with him. However, if he comes here, it's a little bit easier for us to fly on the radar. What is radar? I don't know. It hasn't been created yet. <laughs> For us to keep, a, to keep a low profile. I leave it I leave it as a group decision. This is something that we this can rake or break our careers. If this goes badly and the count is justified and he is not found guilty we are all in very serious trouble for going against someone so highly regarded by the queen. So this is not a decision just for one man. I, I would probably get um, manacles. No? Manacles? So you I, mean, right. I mean, I'm not sure if that would just be in general with the 50 soldiers we're getting with us, because, I mean, we're supposed to be taking everybody, so I think all of them will be cuffed and chained. All right, so as you guys have gone to the barracks and you're sort of discussing without discussing what you're doing, like the things you need, you sort of go through and you see Rand, like Pressy notices a spyglass in a back corner. And he's like, oh, we could use one of those. And then you walk by and there's like all these manacles kind of like Ooh. set aside and you're like, Ooh, fuzzy. Oh, oh, add those to the requisition as well. I don't oh, know yeah, how these got under my bed. I don't know. You see, you see this really nice cannon sitting off to one side. It's really nice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps we find a one-handed medical. 
<laughs> hey, do you think you could handle the cannon? <laughs> Bowman looks at Baba and says, "He is he is schooled in, well, firearms and explosives." Sorry, my friend. Uh, don't don't worry. Schooled, as no, you can see. No worries. We'll give you a hand. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you guys can kind of figure out um, if you think of something else that you would have wanted. We can say that you requisitioned it and stuff like that. Uh, are you going to take the fifty soldiers at, along for this? Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, wait, 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 wait. You guys look like you're debating that. Why, why, why debate? Because my thought is <laughs> a lot of soldiers, and this is a small town, so like people are going to notice. It's true. All these soldiers showing up, unless we somehow like spread out and everyone approaches the town from a yeah. different way. Uh, well, I and I like, will you say, be- you did notice going into the town that the mm-hmm. town is bordered by a large forest. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, that was my main concern. Was like, here are fifty soldiers marching down the road. <laughs> yeah, if we can like uh, disguise our numbers through the forest, that's not that big a deal then. Maybe we can like break the fifty up and like yeah, small section say this group go and then like wait an hour, and then send the other one just to kind of stagger it. I, I I would think since Pressy wants to be one of these commanders mm-hmm. in the army. He's probably thought of like battle tactics before, and he's. Uh, I'm just thinking like the small numbers, just so they could keep a good surrounding border as it just slowly closes in, almost like barricading the town, but maybe shrink it even further, and they barricade the mansion specifically mm-hmm. and the woods around it, because he might have like a a hidden way underneath that goes out into the woods or something. Hmm. If he goes into the catacombs, well, doesn't matter how many soldiers you have. I don't. I don't think the catacombs are there, though, right? No, this is no. He is. He is in uh, the small town of Poissy, which is um, it's outside. It's it's outside of Paris. It's like I think it's north of uh, Versailles, and Versailles was hours' ride outside of Paris itself. So okay. yeah, this is. It's literally just a a very small town in the in the outlying part of uh in Paris, in France. So. <laughs> You know Probably has a cellar and stuff, though, so it's a good thought. You might have yeah. a passage. You know what? This would this would cost the uh, the amount of men we could have per per squad. Mm. But maybe we should bring the cannon. I don't see any reason to need it yet. But the battlefield always changes. You never know. You just want to fire the cannon. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to fire this cannon. I'll fire the cannon. <laughs> what could go wrong? We can bring it. Why not? I already he lost my head. And he just uses his hand. Like put the in his hand. It's all over. You guys come back, and I'm missing the other hand. <laughs> he comes was... in. He doesn't lose the other hand. He comes in, and he's got a crutch because he lost the opposite foot, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was thinking we might use the carriage to block the road or something, you know, just in case anybody takes that carriage and tries to bolt out of there. Bomains, Bomains is like, is I have to know, is anyone missing that carriage? I mean, you went up the hill, there was no carriage. You came back, there's a carriage. Uh, I mean, what did you take it from the count? I mean, it would have volunteers. 
<laughs> Not the count, no. Okay. I look at the bottle that had the name of the guy who owns the place that sells wine, and I just hide it, and I'm like, it's just sitting at the roof. They just abandoned it. We don't know. They left us clothes and everything. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Some young couple must have gone skinny to instead. Mm. Oh my god. Well, they One definitely did. Dead. I don't know. We hit them pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> We so, didn't check. <laughs> did not. Um, but beyond just the carriage, hmm. we had a way to get the. I don't know how we do it. If there was somebody who were like direct all the drivers and not even park within the wall, like park the carriages elsewhere. Well, you did but, see that they parked the for the party. They made uh, the guests disembark their carriages at the door. But then they sent them back down the long driveway and made them park along the road. And even some oh, so of them... Like they left the gate? Yes. Oh, okay. um, I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought they were still like within the gate. Your yeah. carriage was the only one inside well, the gates, that, which is that, why everybody that, was like, like, what is going on with that? Like, Okay, I yeah. thought... I thought they, I like, thought built up like, the parking on the driveway. And then, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Then, yep. yeah, we don't need to worry about that. Oh, all right. Well, then once all the guests yeah, arrive, we can just shut the gate. Yeah. We had the parking spot and it had our names on it. And they're all like, hey, what? what? Yeah, well, what's so special about those guys? Hey, hey, I have a handicap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a sticker. <laughs> oh, jeez. I have a little blue sticker on my hand. <laughs> symbol isn't just a person in a wheelchair and like just like a picture of like a prosthetic hand it's it's a guy who has no hands so it's like real sad real sad the, the, st- the stick figures don't have hands anyway so it just looks like a normal stick figure you know they tried the artist he well there's he like know. a little dot by the feet <laughs> symbolize the hand that fell <laughs> the, the other the other hands up kind of like doing one of these like what are you gonna do? <laughs> All right. So, uh, do you want the uh, captain to send for the doctor, or do you guys want to go back to Paris and meet him outside the catacombs this evening? I should probably send for him. Okay, because you do realize, like today is um, the fifth of June, so you have a number of days. The party isn't until the thirteenth. Yeah. So you've you've now, got time to plan. If we're in the barracks, are we removed from where most of the people in Versailles are? Yep. So the barracks are um, set off to one side, and then the the like apartments in the palace and things like that are in the are in the big central building that used to be. It was once a hunting lodge for the king that Louis the believe I believe Louis the Fourteenth expanded it into the palace of Versailles during his reign. So yeah. So you guys are set aside like you're you're kept separate from the aristocrats and the apartments and stuff like that we should probably stay there because people who are at the party we didn't have our faces really covered i mean we kind of did we have the little masks right yeah masks yeah yeah when you went when you went into the dining area yeah you were given masks to wear but still someone could have like seen us Mm -hmm. and if we're just kind of like now in soldiers uniforms lingering around it could raise suspicion, so we should probably, like, stay in the barracks. And you guys ha- you guys can kind of find a space that you can sort of separate yourselves to have some privacy um, from other soldiers that come and go. 
So, uh, so you are kind of left to your own devices for this day. Uh, the captain excuses himself to let you guys plan. You go off. You've sort of requisitioned a handful of things. You're still working on the overall plan. And he is sending a rider to Paris to have Regal come back and meet with you tomorrow. The sergeant uh, excuses himself to go and sort of... Uh, he's going to start putting together these men. And, and collecting up the men that are going to go with you since you decided to take the 50 of them so that you guys can take the time over the next few days to sort of give them their instructions. Mm. So so you are all kind of left to your own devices. Um, it's, and it's, uh, aside from all the drama that's going on back in the city and what you witnessed, uh, today is a very beautiful day in Versailles. Is there anything you guys want to do for the day before we move forward to the next day? I think just very minor thing is working with Pressy to kind of draw a crude map of the manor and kind of like where things are. So then whenever we start planning more in detail, we have a visual reference okay. of it. Mm. And you guys all noticed um, when you when you had gone up and kind of gotten close to the house, you could tell that the house, um, while it was made of varying architectures, which was really weird to everybody, um, you did kind of figure that there were at least two to three floors, the main floor plus the second and third story. So you know that there were parts of the house that you never had a chance to even see. Mm-hmm. All right. So you guys spend... How many days in between here and there? So it's uh, this, today is the 5th, the, uh, next... There's the, 8, right? Yeah, I believe it's the 13th that the, uh... Yeah, 13th. Yeah, the 13th, so you guys have a num- almost a week for planning purposes and to get your, everybody in place and all your requisitions in place. I can't hear Scott. Today is Sunday. Uh, so today, let's see, the 13th, now I have to do math in my head, uh, the 13th is a Saturday, so that means today is Saturday, so Sunday is the 6th, right? I did the math right? Or something did, like that. Or yeah. something. Yeah, it's the 5th today, so... 13th minus 7 is the 6th, so the 7th would be Sunday, I think, right? 7th? Yeah, the 5th so. is a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. The, um... Main reason he's asking that is because he's going to try to get Melody off to the side, mm-hmm. and she's going to think it's something flirty or something. But he's going to try to warn her and try to like be like, "Look for me when it happens." Okay, so you're gonna. Are do you want to try to catch her um, to see if she's in Versailles, or do you want to wait till church on Sunday? Oh, I I see if she's in Versailles. All right, just give me um, just make me a luck roll. Okay. Excellent. Oh. So as you're doing your planning, Pressy uh, is partially distracted as he's keeping an eye out. And he is rewarded uh, later in the day. He, You do see Melody and her father amongst the garden again, sort of strolling about, looking at the, the fountains, looking at the big, you know, man-made pond that they have on the property and just appreciating the flowers and things like that. So you see them just sort of moving about comfortably with each other what would you like to do um, <laughs> man, he is okay so the um 
if he can, he's going to try to be all, like, on the other side of his head. Like, try to get her and not his attention. All right, so um, as you're moving about through the hedges, do you want to make me a, uh, like, a stealth? Do you want to try to be sneaky so the father doesn't see you? Or, or does, does she have, like, a, a railing up above that she's at and I can be down below? And she's like, where art thou? I don't know. Anyway, so I'll be all sneaky. Sure. Even though I'm not very good at it. Look at you. Yes. So Not very good at all. <laughs> so, uh, Pressy disappears, and you uh, sort of shadow Melody and her father for a little bit until he gets into a deep conversation with another older gentleman who you recognize as the husband of the young woman that you spoke to, uh, Madame de Brienne, the, who is married to him. It's, you know, it's easier to be married to an older guy. And uh, so they're kind of in a conversation together as you see Melody sort of wanders a little ways away from her father and is sort of looking at some of the flowers along the walkway. Um, he's probably gonna. He's probably gonna try to surprise her by just all of a sudden being beside her. And um, as she's looking at the flowers, you probably see something corny like, uh, you know, there is a flower prettier than these. Into you know, like something like that, you know. So when when you pop out and you say that, she just like kind of backs and smiles and sort of blushes and looks away, and she says, "You flatter me, sir." She says. And she sort of does a nice little curtsy. She goes, I have missed you. It is not Sunday, though. You take quite a risk with my father being so close. It's kind of exciting. Uh, he gives he gives a reassuring smile, but he does look around, trying to make sure that it's still good. And he's like, yes, this is quite urgent. I don't have much time. In in a rush, you're off to to some soldier's duties, my my sweet. Yes, uh, yes, my lord. But something very terrible is going to happen at the next party. What? What? She looks a little like blushed. She's like, party? What? What party? Um, if I remember right, didn't Bressy at least like? When he had the mask on at the previous party, didn't he interact with her in some way? I, I don't remember if he did or not. I think that you looked for her, but I don't know if you found her. Oh, yeah, no. You tried I to find, really yeah, you tried to find her amongst the masked uh, guests, but you weren't able to. She just, she looks a little surprised. She looks around. Party. I'd I, I just say, if you ever get into trouble, look for me. I'll be in the garden, and I dash off. She see her just watch you like she looks almost forlorn, like maybe you forgot something when you dash away. Oh, I show her the invitation for just the briefest moment, and I leave. She says, "Be careful," and then she sort of turns back, and she kind of watches like over her shoulder as you dash away. She has There's, that. She still has that look. Like maybe you forgot something. I stop. You know, turn around. Obviously, go to give. Go in for the kiss. And uh, she does. She she like leans into the kiss and she's gives you know 
big old kiss and she whispers as she uh, does, oh, I thought that perhaps you forgot. She says, be safe, my love. I never forget, Monsieur. And, uh, and off. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and you, you can just see as you are dashing away, the blush is like deeper, but she seems a little more at ease at that. And, you know, now that you've uh, left her with that, she feels safer knowing that you, you, you will be close. So the rest of you are busy when you notice that Pressy vanished. And he may be just showing back up as you uh, start to realize he's been gone. There's like a hedge leaf in my hair. I thought we decided to try and stay hidden. I did. There's there's just a small hint of like... Probably rouge. like still like clear lipstick like mm-hmm. smack on the face. <laughs> Staying hidden wow. very well, I see. From... Bomaine's is says, uh, oh, are you getting yourself in trouble with you gal off to Paris to bring back the doctor? I try not to get in trouble. It's not too much. He'll be upset. He missed the chance to, uh, get in your way. Also, oh, what a shame. Can I just point out, uh, since Katie's not here, all of the roles have been successes. (laughs) Yeah. Do I it. Oh, why'd you have to point that out, man? No, now you're in for trouble. The curse is gonna come back on you. Oh boy. Danger, danger, danger. It's making up for Sunday. Alright. So um you do uh so you finish your preparations uh that you can for today. You still have more work to do. Uh and you've noticed, too, you've heard a lot of discussion. Uh, there's a lot of people mourning the Dolphins passing and things like that. Um, the, the queen seems to be beside herself back in Paris. There's word that she's distraught over the loss. And you guys rest for the night. And in the morning, about uh, shortly after breakfast, you hear that uh, Regalt should be here within the hour. He left uh, just before dawn from Paris after finishing up the night's work at the catacombs. And uh, you can meet him in the apartments where you met him last time. The captain and the sergeant will will meet you there. So, when you do go to meet him, uh, you find him uh, already, it's first thing in the morning, and yet he's already red-faced, and as he moves about the room, he is struggling to breathe. You hear the heavy... <gasps> <laughs> and uh as soon as he uh collects a couple uh things papers and such to take some notes he sits himself heavily in a chair and he says the captain has filled me in that you have evidence and you are planning the next move against count fenelik we oui. this is This is good news. Unfortunately, with the passing of the Dauphin, I I discovered that his wet nurse had given him sickness, and he passed from it. Uh, But unfortunately, it seems Count Fenelik has decided that he is going to start a smear campaign against me, and he is claiming that 
all of my work at the catacombs and dealing with the dead means that I am probably the one who infected the prince and that it's my fault. He's trying to draw a wedge. And in fact, my favor in the court is already slipping just with a day of his lies in the queen's ear. Well, hopefully we can reverse that by uh, whatever we do at our raid. Yes. Like I said, the wet nurse gave him the consumption. It has nothing to do with me. But... uh, Are you you okay, sir? Oh, I'm... I am fine. I am just... My my work keeps me very busy, and I do not take care of myself enough as it is. But once this is taken care of, uh, I will be able to rest more comfortably. So we must we must get this this man, his unnatural influence, away from Marie Antoinette. That is the most important thing. He is not fit to to stand at her side and whisper to her. But you must be careful. This man has fought duels to the death with men bigger than him, more physical prowess, skill, yet he has felled everyone he has faced in such duels. He is not to be taken lightly, I will tell you that. Dangerous is is a word I would use. Deadly, also. I thought you were going to say it was his middle name. <laughs> no, but do not underestimate him. Middle also, name? Yes, it is his Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous. Also, not long back, at one Dangerous. of the dinners, one of the dinners hosted by their royal majesties, Fenelik had a strong reaction to something, something in the food. It re- rendered him, uh, I would say, insensible for several minutes. I, I've never seen him attend a dinner since then. It, it seemed to bother him. I was able to speak to the cooks, and I obtained what I believe is the ingredients that were used within the dinner that night. I had them powdered, and I have kept them, and he pulls out a vial. I've kept them to try to figure out what it might be that so affected the man. It could be used as quite a weapon against someone like him. (sighs) Maybe if you used it against him again, it could incapacitate him when you take him for a rest. And he uh, he holds up the container so you can get a closer look at it if you want to. I'm going to take a closer look. So you take it, and it's like powder. There's like a bunch of powder inside. Is it just one vial? Uh, yeah, he's got like one container of this. What what did you powder? Uh, the ingredients from the dinner that night. It's it's safe. It's if you like to to smell it. Oh yeah, that he's gonna like. Pop it, the cork, I'm assuming he gets cork, he's gonna pop it with his teeth mm-hmm. and take a little snippy. Alright, so you take a whiff, and you and you get the scent of, like, um, spices and stuff, like you can smell, like, some onions and some other ingredients like that. Uh, do you want to roll me a luck check to see if you can figure out maybe what else might be in this? It's kind of a whole mashup. Dylan, Dylan already knows what it is. <laughs> I mean, Jamie knows what it is. Yeah. Know what it is. Good. <laughs> Oh, oh no! First, us Dylan. <laughs> so um, I like my way with foods. Can I have this with? <laughs> He's gonna hand the vial over, then spit the cork into his hand and hand it over as well. The doctor looks like 
I have one hat. It's wood. <laughs> oh, my apologies, my friend. <laughs> All right, Pressy, make a luck roll. <laughs> no. So, so no, Pressy, Pressy takes a big, and then it's like, <laughs> and just starts having a complete like sneezing fit as he gets a bunch of this up his nose. I can understand why he didn't like it. <laughs> so I put the cork back on. And Babo just kind of looked like you're not with him, are you? <laughs> no. The dog the no, dog kidding. is like comes out from under the chair where Dupois and is like <laughs> like sniffing the, at the air. What is it, boy? <laughs> he starts licking at your face immediately. Where did you get that animal? <laughs> uh he he uh one of the Aristos pets. He just follows me around. I don't know why. Uh Dogs. I'm not a dog person. I like cats. Everybody has their tastes. He says, uh, that's fine. Do you, if you want to keep the vial, then you can keep it and see if you have more luck when you face the count. Oh boy, I hope so. I hand, I hand it back to Mr. Handy. <laughs> he grabs it and just tucks it into some little pocket. So uh, he says, well, the captain has assured me that you are capable of handling this and that all the evidence will be collected and I will make sure that the case against Count Fenelik is airtight and that he is seen as a traitor to France when we are done with him. And you will be accounted as heroes of France for taking this man out of the Queen's inner circle. Mm. Until then, finish your preparations. You have a few days to do so. Uh, This is dangerous. I have already talked to your captain. And the captain nods. He says, if you want time to go back and talk to your families, do not tell them anything of what is going on. But you never know what will happen in a case like this. You can go and make sure that they are... Are, are well and know that you will be away for a little bit of time if you must. If not, then I will see you after your success. <laughs> Goes into a coughing fit. Are you sure you're okay? I am fine. I will be... <laughs> no no worries about me. I am, a med- I am a medical doctor after all. I feel like we need to like movie Constantine where you just put your hand in their chest and pull out the goo that's stuck in their lungs. <laughs> By what hand? Yeah. It's, that's been the secret the whole time. Just and you win the game. Out of character, I'm going to whittle my wooden hand into a nice steak just for whatever it's time. <laughs> no, you should. What you should do is I, I you should you requisition. You should requisition other other um like hand like attachments so you can oh, attach man. a wooden steak attachment and be ready to a go. Fork. I could do attachments. <laughs> I mean, I, I, was, I was just thinking like you're eating like actual steak. No, like, <laughs> you're like I stab it. Wooden steak. <laughs> stab him. I mean, you have a week. You can come up. You know how know, the thing attaches. Um, I kind of want to do this now. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. I mean, 
There's, there's nothing in his backstory about his family, but I'd like to think Pressy would at least, or I, I think the father is his closest thing mm-hmm. from that, the, the abbot or whatever. So he, he at least writes a letter to him okay. or something, but he doesn't go to visit in person. Yeah, Babon's going to write a very lengthy letter to Cesar, talk about how proud he is of him, how much he loves him, and that he's going to be doing dangerous work. Uh, and send a letter. You are given word that Hugel has, is uh, getting some requisitions from Paris along with other soldiers and will be coming back with them uh, and is also taking the opportunity to go see uh, his wife and uh, sister so that they can, uh, just since they're there, and uh, we'll check. And has offered to check in on Beaumain's father, since you know he's being, he's he's his main caregiver. So she's going to check in and make sure he's doing okay, since Beaumain's has been away for a couple days. Going to get another cannon? What? A secondary cannon? I mean, if you if you send her a note or him a note, you can go to the best deal. I do want a cannon. <laughs> like, I feel like this is something we need. We can attack from all sides. All sides, exactly. We just have cannons everywhere. Now, I will say, out of character, you there do rem- you do remember that there was a wall that surrounded the whole of the of the. Oh, area. I know. It would get. I know. That's what I'm kind of thinking. We're not, we're not forgetting. Before. We know. Like, get a hole in the wall. That's <laughs> and, that's actually why I suggested maybe we should. <laughs> also, because Jeanette's kind of like, and there's this shiny cannon right here. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> can go cannon. wrong. Nothing can go wrong if they bring a cannon. Nothing. I mean, we could just shoot it straight at the house and just exactly. We don't have to make any sanity checks or anything. Charge! <laughs> All right, so um, I think the sanity check would be um, the the bloodlust you'd get. <laughs> oh, that's true. Babon already has the bloodlust. <laughs> that's fair. Um, Dupont doesn't have any family, um, but hearing uh, the doctor cough and stuff from probably handling the bodies. Let's be honest. Uh, since that's how his wife ended up dying. Um, it's probably brought up some memories. He's kind of tried holding down. So a lot of this week, he's just he's just drunk out of his fucking mind, just drinking his sorrows away. You know. You're, well, the one thing that Dupois is probably surprised to find is that no matter how much he drinks, the bottles that he should be collecting are disappearing. Until uh, one morning when he wakes up, one of the mornings he wakes up and is a little hungover, he sees the puppy running off with the bottles into the garden. (laughs) So you're not sure where they're ending up, but the puppy seems to be disposing of the evidence on his own. (laughs) Winged man. (laughs) Good puppy. (laughs) So let me ask this question. Now you've had the puppy for a handful of days. Yeah. Do you name name him anything? Uh, Bonaparte. (laughs) Bonaparte. I thought about before this game. I think he can handle it. <laughs> I'm sure to try and spend this week making hand attachments. Just, yeah, just multiple different kinds of hands. Like one's like, like, one's like this. Like a fist one's one. like this, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Like so, my normal hand, the fist hand, a middle finger hand. <laughs> Two if, fingers stuck out, so you can, like poke someone in the eyes. If things go badly, you have this hand. If things, so you can, you know, as, as you're going then, down. Like, wooden, I want to have a wooden safe, but I know that's out of character, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like I want it. <laughs> uh, I mean, the middle finger one could probably. That's true. With enough force. That's if we need to, you can just like cut it a little bit and just. 
Middle finger of death. That's a steak, just having like a steak knife one would probably be feasible. More than more than a steak, so, like a wooden steak. Do me a favor and just roll me, roll me, roll me, uh, just a mechanical like repair check. Like we're gonna use that as like your uh, your skill with like manipulating and creating oh. these things. And I'm like, uh. he designs so his gripping action and it just takes like this metal gaunt, uh, chalice and it's like <laughs> groovy, groovy, <laughs> exactly. No, I fail. All right, oh. so um. But the well, no, so 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 you you were trying to make the one with the middle finger, but the the finger looks really odd and like has a like a, a sharper edge to it, so it's, <laughs> it doesn't look natural. Uh, so like you kind of are like, ah, this one's no good, and you stick it in your bag and just sort of set it off. Like, nah, what am I ever going to use that for? Yes. <laughs> the fact that it's the middle finger that's a stick. Just... Exactly. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for this. You have a Call of Cthulhu punch dagger. Congratulations. <laughs> oh my god, yes. That's it. Jamie won Call of Cthulhu. We're done. We're gonna we're gonna call it. Well, it just can't me. when we were like talking about like what I presume is garlic in the vial, I'm like, I have a wooden hand. <laughs> I just <laughs> that down. Alright, so um, so yeah, so the week goes by fairly quickly with all your preparations and things like that. And uh before you know it. It's uh, the day before this party, and your your fifty soldiers have mustered in Versailles, and are prepared to uh, march under your orders where you want them to go. Pressy, of course. Immediately, he's like, "All right, men," you know. <laughs> goes goes to town. He's telling him like, "Squad." Squadron B, you go over there. Squadron A, you go over there. You know, just like, even though he doesn't have the rank at all, they're probably like, who the hell is this guy? Well, no, they've been given orders. Like, like the sergeant is is in charge of the mission, but you, your unit is in charge. Be he gives the final order for things, but if you tell someone to do something, unless the sergeant contradicts you, they've been told to follow your orders. So, another thing. Mm -hmm. Do we want to plan like a little bit of espionage beforehand? Like we come in I would say this with our invitations before. and stuff, uh, with yeah. our costumes, and then like we we have them like set up that they start the raid at a certain time, and we're already inside, you know. So if they try to do anything real slick, we can. Well, they they did. Uh, the captain did suggest uh, some kind of signal. Uh, either for you guys, if you go up to the house ahead to let the rest of the men know that it's time, or vice versa, like they're going to let you know that they're coming. So if you're inside, that you can prepare. I don't know, like firing off a cannon. Yeah, I was going to say, when you hear the cannon. <laughs> no, well, we can't bring a cannon inside. You can't bring the cannon. Um, well, no, we say out. I oh, hear the no. cannon. I got the perfect one. It's supposed to take place at night, right? Like It the, is supposed to take place at midnight. Okay. I plan on having a, a, a at a specific window on the first floor maybe like kitchen window or something have a one lantern for it's good and two lanterns if it's not well you would know because of the the wall yeah. you did know that the first floor was hard to see so you the know that you floor? know that you've got to at least get up to the oh, second Lord. if not third floor we don't even know it's up there <laughs> do we think we could get up there 
you you saw stairs you saw stairs toward like when you were moving between the dining room and the and the dance and the ballroom and the main hall like there was stairs in the back hallway like when they uh the men led that man that got whipped the one that was dressed like marie antoinette and they let him out there were like there was a hallway and there was like other stairs and there was like another door back there, but the doors closed before you really got to kind of do anything more than take a quick glance. We, that actually, the hardest part would be getting into place up there, but after that it should be good, right? That's a good point. Candles or something, a little more practical than carrying lanterns around. Yeah. Mm. Now, we could do that. Are we gonna, are we actually gonna have the cannon? Because I feel like... Yeah, they'll they'll roll it up in the front gates. Yeah, man. They'll blow the door down if need be. Oh, my God. Should we, should we entrust the soldiers to do that? Uh, if you if you don't want to join the, the well, I mean, espionage I'm only, party. I'm really saying that because Babon used to be a gunner. Hmm. He probably knows how to use a cannon more effectively than the soldiers would. Well, hmm. Babon also could have... You could train someone like you or you could have other gunners brought onto this if you plan to use a cannon that should be something that you prepped for during the course of the yeah. week leading up I to feel this like, yeah I, we, but bond is like a veteran right he probably would know a few people that are already going on this mission that he could trust yeah. with that or something yeah so he'll probably do that because yeah him and pressy have been inside dupraw has it so mm-hmm. probably having yeah, he'll probably get someone to man the cannon. Um, he's going to tell them, be very careful, and hold up his hand. <laughs> they, they nod very serious, like, yes, sir. I like to think you accidentally pick up the steak hand. <laughs> the last time he wasn't careful, it cost him an arm and a leg. Well, a hand. <laughs> yeah, he accidentally has the other attachment on, so he's like, be very careful. It just... <laughs> It's like, oh, sorry, wrong hand. Do you do you do you keep that uh, oiled and, and and cleaned every day, sir? Or of course. How do you? I am a I am a man of character and esteem, and I'm the face of the army in the parades. Yes, you are very handsome when you march in the parade, sir. Yes, I'm very handsome. Yes, very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> also, oh yes, he does let out a boy's just laugh every time he makes a hand do, do you do you do you let out a few pointers? <laughs> let me give you some pointers. <laughs> Please. Can you can you point me in the right direction? That way. <laughs> I like to think you have like Professor Farnworth's like super long yeah. index finger one, and you're like that way. <laughs> Good news, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, and what was the signal? Was it one candle that things were okay and two of things were bad? Yeah. Okay. Or do we want to have it where it's like there's always two candles and then when one gets moved away, then that means we're good to go. Actually, if... If things are bad, what if, what if we don't have time to light two? Would it be better just if one was bad? And if things go bad, or we can have time to run upstairs. Well, well I'm, 
I'm guessing things might go bad upstairs. Uh, that's you know. true, but Bomaine's Bumain, sort of good point though. Oh, we're beer here, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're going for, but I'm like ahead of time. So maybe one would be better than two. So as you guys are maybe discussing, just one is good, and if there isn't a candle by a certain time, as soon as they see the candle, it needs work. That's a that is a good point, actually. If we if we time it out like that, that's a because that way even if we don't like do 10 it, past, 10 yeah, past midnight or something, they'll still start the the thing up. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna light a candle in the window. And if it's if it goes out, they're supposed to come in. But if it doesn't go out by a certain time, then they should come in anyway. Pretty much, they should come in. You said it starts at midnight, right? Yes. No matter what, they would come in at twelve ten. Okay. But if we're, if we're ready and we're good to go, we're going to have the candle go up before them. So you're going to give yourself ten minutes. That's that's not much time. Uh, that's a lot. That's a Is it time. okay? What what I mean? What time frame do you guys? Want I would to, say like twelve thirty at the least. I was about to say an hour would be pushing it. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think like an hour is a little too much. Because if it's like we go in there and the door is locked and everyone's getting mauled by something. massacred, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also tell them that obviously if they hear a lot of screaming and like mm. general chaos. Don't don't go towards it. Or Stay we're back. or we're dying, so come help us. Save us! Give us a hand! Uh, help <laughs> they just hear like a window crash and then a wooden <laughs> hand comes flying out. Should oh we do God. something? No, don't worry about it. Pavon is like a master thrower and he just starts like in his satchel just keeps throwing his hands. <laughs> All right, um, so just so dead. Anyway. Just from our um, like a reconnaissance of the house, I assume we can figure out the like the layout based on the map, right? Like that the kitchen and the stairs are adjacent and stuff. Yeah. So you okay. um you would definitely have been, be able to uh like you know the whole first floor. Uh, okay. You were able between everybody's conversations about what they saw. Uh, you're able to to kind of piece together the first floor very easily. And based on that, you know, like, and you did see that there are stairs in that back hallway. So you know that there's a way to access the upper levels from that back hallway. Um, then I'll mention that the carriage house and the kitchen are, like, right there. And I didn't, I didn't see anybody besides the people in the kitchen. So that might be an easier means of entry if we're going to, like, sneak in or something, you know? Awesome when we come in as guests. As we, were. we have the invitations. That's true. All right. So, so. we have a carriage. We have. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we should probably know. get different fancy clothes. Hmm. <laughs> I get mine washed during the week. Yeah. Right. It probably cost me most of my week's salary, but <laughs> I, I get them washed in the weekends. The, uh, the the Madame de Brienne will assist you in getting them cleaned properly. Oh, God. We will acquire some more military contraband in the form of clothing. <laughs> this is this is contraband. <laughs> we have to take this. No, no, it's okay. We'll return it once our investigation is done. If we live. Yes, we don't know for sure. All right, so you guys, uh, so the day before, your, your, your troops... Uh, in in groups kind of move out uh they take a couple ways to get kind of to the area um 
Bomains and the sergeant, because they spent a lot of time like waiting and sort of keeping watch, they kind of pick a spot where you can sort of set up a camp in the woods for the night before mm. and kind of like get the lay of the land of what's going on for the next day. So you guys arrive the the day before, like the like during the day that the party's gonna take place at midnight. You guys kind of arrive and set up in the woods that morning. Um and uh so the camp gets all set up. Um do you guys what do you guys do as far as um you kind of came in through the woods so the townspeople didn't see this group mustering? Uh do you do anything else to take precautions to keep the camp kind of off the you know like out of sight well, i assume we probably put up some like uh like brush kind of, yeah. and stuff okay like sort of hide the tents you know uh make sure no cooking fires are like in sight from the road or anything because mm-hmm. that would be really bad um you know just stuff like that uh tell like anyone on lookout to keep their eye open for like huntsmen mm-hmm. and stuff and stay out of sight of them. Okay. Um, you know, stuff maybe, like that. Maybe ones that are stationed closer to the town, like see if there are any townspeople like heading in that direction or just kind of like getting a little close. Mm-hmm. Kind of turn them away a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, so firearms, Fruitlock pistol would be a firearm, right? Yes. Like the firearm skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, if and if you're using a like a musket, then it would be the the long gun, like a rifle. Okay, that's the same. Um, that'd be the same roll to hit or whatever, right? I'm not sure how attack rolls work. I've only shot once. So, <laughs> so yeah. So if you're gonna shoot your gun, all right. So let's see. I'll go to your your character just for a quick review. I, I, I was just thinking hypothetically, I was gonna hopefully get like a they would let me a bandolier of like three flintlock pistols. Okay. Yeah, you could have requisitioned so that you have uh, multiple pistols. Yeah. So if you're gonna use your your flintlock, it is. Uh, let's see. Do you have? Yeah, my sheet it says it's the same roll. So yeah, so you would you would use um, that roll to to shoot them, and then once you use them up, it's four rounds to reload them. Oh, Lord. what is firearms HG and firearms RS? Sorry, handgun and rifle. Yes, yes. Rifle slash so so okay. so handguns and shot and uh, long guns. Oh man, I am horrible at handguns. <laughs> I'm amazing at handguns, but terrible at rifles because, you know. Okay. Oh my. Oh my God! Uh, what? Oh, a seven. Hmm. What? All right. So, um, I do want you all to roll uh spot hidden checks while you're doing your business around camp this evening. Okay. Hot Wheels beat that. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh, we all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you all are diligently uh, going about your business, but you're all sort of on very high alert as you're doing this. And at one point, as you are sort of double checking the perimeter of the camp, Pressy, you hear a snapping sound as if something has just stepped on a fallen twig or a branch from a tree. And you see uh, a shadow move and start to try to dart out- away into the tree line. Uh, I pursue. Okay. 
So you run after, uh, give, just give me a, a dexterity roll to sort of chase them through the, the trees and see if you can kind of catch up to them as they're running. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm dex. All right. I'm dex and appearance, mostly appearance, but hey, also dex. You know, you got to have your skill set. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so this, this figure is a uh, kind of, more built and beefier so not really made for like moving quickly and you quickly catch up and you see this sort of a thuggish thuggish looking like man uh he sort of stops when you see him and he's just sort of gives you this wry smile and he's like you're not supposed to be in the woods what is the soldiers doing here you're not on an evening march Uh, well I should me and my X amount of men. Just thought we would go on to an evening march down south. I, I think that I should let my master know that there are those hanging about his property, though. Kill him. It is only the polite thing to do when you are in someone's backyard. Don't you think? And he's sort of slowly trying to like take steps away from you, still with that wry grin on his face. Hmm. No one else is with me either, of course. I don't think so. Well, you guys, you guys saw Pressy run. You didn't see what he saw. He just turned, saw, and bolted into the tree line. Babel probably would have just chased after him because of like instinct is. Hmm. My friend is running. I should probably go follow. But I don't know if he'd be able to catch up with him. Uh. So you you run after him. Bonaparte definitely gets a chases after him. So Bonaparte is able to. um, I I try to. I don't. Try to attack him physically, but I do try to keep a conversation going to stall time. Do you want to fast talk him? Jamie, yeah. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was right no. there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I think you're getting a little too handy with these jokes. It wasn't a hand joke. <laughs> it wasn't, that's true. Oh, I, I thought it was something about fist or something. No. He said, oh no, bone apart. I said, more like blown apart. Oh jeez, No. You know what? Seeing the the puppy go, uh, Dupois would probably go too. Like he, seeing Pressy go, he's just like, oh, there goes that fucking idiot again. He probably saw a lady in the woods. But puppy, on the other hand, you know. All right. So did you roll a fast talk, Scott? Oh, oh, sorry. My okay. <laughs> oh, I am super good at that. Are you? Oh. No, not at all. All right, so you attempt to uh, sort of, like, keep him talking, and he just looks at you, and he hears. Now he hears, like, the, the dog, and he hears Babon, and he sees them moving, like, closer, and he says, I need to let the Count know that he has guests. And he, like, turns to run. Oh, no. Um, if I can, I'll try to tackle him. What is your dexterity? 70. All right, so you are faster. So you can make me a brawl check to sort of, uh, as he turns to try to bolt, you are quicker to, like, jump on him if you want to try to knock him over. Brawl? Yes. Is that power? No, it's actually, um, it's like, uh, unhand, not, where is it? There's a skill. Yeah, yeah. fighting brawl. No. Oh, Oh, there it is, there it is. 69, man. Ooh, nice. All right, yeah, so he he turns to run, and as Babon and Bonaparte and Dupois kind of come around, you see Pressy just 
leap on this big thick guy and take him to the ground and like face plant him into the dirt as the guy is like and Pressy is kind of like sitting on top of him and he's got him pinned I think not (laughs) Bomaines walks out from the tree line looking and he goes hey we it's good we brought a lot of manacles then isn't it they'll come quite in hand he reaches into his pack and tosses a set to, to Babin. Uh, Babin on one hand catches it. <laughs> oh my god. Dupont will get like, and starts uh, manacling him up. Yeah. Dupont will get a, like, a rag out and put it in his mouth so he doesn't like scream or anything while we manacle him. Yeah, he kicks and he tries to fight, but between all of you, uh, he is not able to get away. And you manage to take him prisoner and bring him back to camp successfully. You'll probably know a lot. Yeah. Nothing wrong. If he talks. Oh, he'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> we have ways of making him talk. <laughs> Is that a popsicle? Uh, as you're bringing him back, <laughs> Bomaine says... Uh, His popsicle hand like attachment? Punish- no, like pun- Punisher. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. He actually has... There's not the hook hand attachment. <laughs> there, there, is, there is one attachment that Dupois is jealous of, and it's his wine glass attachment. He never goes without his wine glass, because it's always right there in his hand. I have, like, so many attachments, but none of them are... It's just, like, situational. It's, I, hey, you I gotta be ready. I got a bandolier of pistols, and you got a bandolier of hands. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. All just, like, <laughs> dangling across, like... Why or they're, like, gun all... holsters, and you just, like, put your hand down and just launch on, <laughs> like, twist. That's good. He, like, hits a thing, and, like, the hand just shrinks, and the new one shoots out. He has one, he has one that's designed just for hiding documents in each finger. You roll them up and slide them in. All right, so you t- you take him back, and as as you are, Bomaine's, uh says, uh, "So the sergeant sent me over. He suggested that we uh, put together a group, or either ourselves or those we trust, to sort of go ahead to the house during during the course of the day and kind of keep keep an eye out and see what what preparations they're making. If there's anything we can learn during the daylight hours." Sounds uh, like a good plan. I'll join in on that. Yes, he said if, if you if you three fill up to it, since you're most familiar, you should go. But uh, yeah. we can always, and he pats the guy on the cheek, we can always talk to him before you go and see if there's any surprises. Is a good question? I have one. He's not so handsome, though, is he? Pressy, definitely, you're much more of a looker than him. I can, I can see why you were able to take him down, no problem. Uh, I think how appearances help with brawling, but he's like, yeah, yeah. Pavon is a fan because he's also very handsome. He sees your look. He pats you on the cheek and goes, Pavon, you know, I care very much for you, my friend. You're a good looking man. Thank you. You like a fine wine. <laughs> Dupois will like fall his fist and say, uh, he'd be a lot less handsome if uh, he does not talk. Oh, him? Yes. Dupois, you should stick the puppy on him. <laughs> What do you say, Bonaparte? Bonaparte, like, barks happily and looks at him. <laughs> I, I like to think he's so innocent, he'll just go up and start licking his face. <laughs> Actually, no, he, he gets a whiff of the guy and he's like, Ooh. like, mm. he seems he very put off. Cujo and just, like, rips his throat out. <laughs> Bonaparte, no! <laughs> Make a sanity check. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. I hope you lost a sanity check. 
<laughs> no, I meant you guys for watching the puppy rip a guy's throat out. <laughs> all right, so you uh, take him kind of back. Uh, do you bring him all the way back to camp, or do you want to take him aside before you get there? Let's take him, like, somewhere completely different from the camp. Like, yeah. I don't say, like, the complete opposite direction, just kind of lead him somewhere else so that if, for whatever reason, he gets away, he doesn't know exactly where the camp is. And also somewhere distant enough that... You know, we can strong arm him, and they're not going to hear it at the estate. You know, let let's blindfold him. Can we blindfold. Oh, that's him? a that's a good point. Yeah, I'll pull out more rag and just... and then we're gonna like spin him in a circle a bunch of times. <laughs> just <laughs> start going. He spits up oh, a little against the rag. I was about to say, can't don't we can't we just have like a sack you can just put over his head? Yeah, well. yeah. He's already gagged and blindfolded. Uh, I think uh, that's no fun. That's not this fun exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys lead him off and into uh, the woods further away, and kind of uh, Bomain says, "Oh, I know. We'll we we'll tie him up to a tree, and and it'll be really like he'll it'll really make him think like we we mean it. We're going to do something crazy to him if he doesn't talk." I've never done this before. I swear. <laughs> We're soldiers, not madmen. Well, we don't have to actually do anything. He moves away before he... We don't actually have to do anything terrible to him, but he can think we're going to. All right, fucker. As I turn around, we're going to tell you... <laughs> Are we doing, like, good cop, bad cop, or is it just straight bad cop? It's a cop. <laughs> no, the policia. Policia. The, the inspector. Good policia or bad policia? <laughs> food for the rest of the month. <laughs> No food for you. No soup. <laughs> All right, so uh, Bomains happily ties him to a tree. And he seems very just like this is this is entirely entertaining for him as he does so. And when he finishes tying to a tree, he's like, do, do you think it's more intimidating to leave the blindfold on or take it off? Mm. Ooh, leave it on. Leave it on. So that he yeah. doesn't know what we're going to do. Exactly. Pressy acts like he's like, yeah, no, that's a good idea, but he's probably just going to mean like, you obviously know what you're doing, even though you're not going to admit it. He just goes with his advice. <laughs> no, man, that's definitely done this before. <laughs> All right. Who wants to question him? He looks around at each of you. Dupois, I think you have a very uh, intimidating voice. Like, oh, you, we... you mean business. You also smell a little of alcohol, so it might make him think you're a little unhinged, like you're you're a little not altogether there. Yeah, you 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 talk to him. I will. I'll take off my my overcoat and I'll like hang it from a tree, uh, and I'll walk over, and uh, I'll sort of uh, crack my knuckles loud enough that he can hear it, and I'll say, uh, "Bonjour, Monsieur." And I'll I'll sort of take the rag from his mouth a little bit. Let me go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I stuff it back in. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, none of that. You are going to talk, and you're going to say what I want you to say. Okay. In the background, I'm going to sharpen my sword. <laughs> oh. Ooh, roll and intimidate. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm immediately thinking inglorious bastards here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I am. It's gonna sound like the most peaceful sharpening ever. Ah, dang it! 
Um, let's see. So, yeah, that's a big one to push if you want to spend. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, you're sharpening it, but it, uh, standing in front of him, Dubois, you don't think that he seems uh, too, too concerned about that yet? <laughs> he kind of pulls against the ropes a little bit. Uh, I'm going to punch him. Ooh, roll me a fighting brawl to see how well you punch him. Okay. You have advantage dice on this, since he is tied to a tree and can't get out of the way. <laughs> I don't even need him. All right. I swear, if you, like, crit fail, like, if I crit fail. Okay. Cool. All right, uh, so roll me damage against him. Also, during this, to add to the intimidation, Babal's going to slowly unscrew his hand just so you could get there. <laughs> <laughs> just so, like, just to mess with him a little bit. Nice. All right, so you uh, you punch him, and... And he dies. He might. Uh, Dear Lord. It's like in the stomach or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the air goes out of him, uh, but he he manages to not pass out when you punch him. Okay. But that, that he he's he kind of spits the rag out when he does this, and he's like, <laughs> uh, I'll grab him by the chin, like by his cheeks while he's coughing, and I'll say, mm. "No, I told you, not that now, you're going to talk." Make, make me an intimidate check with advantage now. Oh. Uh, just the white dice? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. You had advantage. So, yeah. So, he, um, kind of, like, you can feel him, like, sort of, like, the bravados kind of leaves him a little bit. And, uh, when he finishes coughing, he's like, What do you want to know? <clears throat> I'll turn to the others. Any questions? Bomains is keeping watch around, and uh, and he just <laughs> he looks at Dupois when he at, and he just gives you like a thumbs up, like yeah. I give him a big smile and thumbs up, <laughs> and then it really. <laughs> what are the plans for tonight? Oh, the, the the count is having guests. He he asked me to keep an eye on things around the house until this evening before then I'm to go home. Oh. Are there more of you? The I I'm supposed to patrol the woods. The the count has other footmen and servants that patrol the grounds. How many? You can still go home by the end of this. Oh. I'm just say that you went through the woods and found nothing. Maybe you tripped and fell. And sure. then went home. Uh the, the, I'm not sure that the count has uh, a handful of a handful of servants who were. Who, no, no. What? <laughs> Pebbles is gonna slowly drag the wooden hand across. His <laughs> I don't think you understand the situation you're in. <laughs> I got a splinter. What are you doing? There are more where that came from. <laughs> oh, oh. Your master is gonna be arrested tonight for treason. What do you mean? He's he, he's a favorite of the queen. He Not after tonight, he won't. He writes about it all the time. Uh, what other sort of long. what other sort of surprises are going on tonight? I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I know that I'm supposed to to finish my rounds 
and and to leave before the festivities take part. He sent some of the men away to to go and get supplies for the party. They should be back within the hour or so. What supplies? I don't I don't know. I, I was not part of his planning. I'm not allowed to be on the grounds when he has his soirees. What is it? The psychology that's like the pseudo insight check. Yes, thing? yes, it is. Can I insight? Che- I'm just gonna call it insight check because that's too out of hand. Yes, you can roll a uh, psychology, psychology check on him. I'm not great at these, but Ugh, that's a pretty big. Yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah, I have forty-three luck. That's. Mm. You can go for it if you really want it. I, I mean, I know. That would leave I you mean, 16. Left. I mean, the rest of your group can try to see what they think because you are all there together. Eh, screw it. Why not? Mm. One of you be useful. <laughs> I spend all my points. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Let, let's see. Bo- let's see what Bomaine's thinks. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Oh, this was... If it weren't so high, like, I would be left with 16 luck if I use all my luck on this, but I... I almost want to. (laughs) Because of this is some shady biz. Mm. A little bit. Oh, oh, we man. All suck. We all suck. Yeah, so you guys uh you guys all uh get the feeling like he he does he's only kind of employed like he yeah. says to uh to keep an eye on the grounds during the course of the day. But he tells you he has to be home, he has to be gone by the evening. He, he's hmm. never allowed to stay on property after after nightfall. Hmm. Then you won't be missed. Oops. What? No, I told I told you what to know. Oh, Greg, I, Greg back in the mouth. <laughs> and we all just like very slowly but quietly walk away. <laughs> Not far, but just like enough that he thinks we abandoned him there. <laughs> Bomains will march forward after he like starts to panic against the tree. He pulls out another like like piece of rag and ties the one around his mouth. Um, and he looks back, he's like, now he won't talk. We'll get them tomorrow. Um, <laughs> As we're walking away, Pressy is just like, oh, I hope there aren't any wolves out here. Pressy's walking away. <laughs> Bormains is like, well, if there are, then he's dinner. If they're not, we'll get them off the tree tomorrow. Mm. Just just don't forget, you don't want to leave somebody in the woods. If we remember where he is, yeah. <laughs> I'll remember, it's fine. He says, but who would, you, you... Who would leave someone, like, unconscious in the woods? That's silly. Uh, yeah, we're going to totally forget him. I know it. Yeah, no, Listen, no, no one would leave anyone. Carriage people we hijacked. We got distracted. You, woods. you left them unconscious in the woods. We didn't yeah, even tie him up. Nothing no. bad happened. I'm sure. I mean, we don't know. We have more pressing matters. I'm trying to save France. It's no biggie. <laughs> what are they trying to do? <laughs> Go to a party, damn it! Look, it's just going to spare them. They're the aristocrats. They're going to get beheaded in a couple years anyway. We spared them. Future vision. This is true. All right. So, um, Bowman says, uh, I'll, I'll come back and check on him and make sure he doesn't go anywhere. And, uh, but is, are you three going to go do some reconnaissance work? Yes, we should go into yes. town. What are these supplies? I don't know. All right. I'll let you to it then. Good luck. 
That was that was entertaining. I didn't think that we'd much have much fun on this. I thought it'd be all serious. Oh no. No. You've done this before, haven't you? No. This was my first time. Did I do alright? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. yeah just you did alright. Just don't do don't tell Yugel. He's always trying to make sure that I stay out of trouble. He's a good yeah, what Yugel doesn't know won't hurt Yugel. It's true. He's he's a good man, a great friend of mine, but at the same time, uh, you know, sometimes you have to have a little fun. Hmm. I agree. I can just imagine Katie watching this later on and just being like, "What did they do?" All right. So, uh, so he will excuse himself, and as he's leaving, he says, "Oh, and uh, I think Hugh Gell should be here before this evening. So hopefully by then yeah. he'll uh, he'll join he'll join us for this as we capture this evil man." All right. Goodbye. And he disappears. <laughs> back. All right. So where are you guys gonna go? Um. Do we want it? I don't want to split the party, but I don't know if we should like spread out a little bit. Well, that's what the soldiers are for. They're they're spread out. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, because we're just doing recon. So, like, if we want somebody near the, like, where you were before, like, up in the tree, so you can get a big scope, and then us kind of elsewhere just to do the recon stuff. Well, you do know that you have. I mean, it's daytime still. It's probably like mid afternoon. You've got a number of hours before this is even supposed to kick off. So you guys have time to sort of go as a group if you want to stay together. Like, you would know that you could kind of stick together. Or you can split up. It is entirely your choice. Uh, definitely going to want to stick together, no matter which way we go. And um, Chrissy's probably going to try to get a um, get the word down the line of the information that we learned, that there might be some servants coming back into town with goods for this party. They should be on high alert of any more um, uh, work, workers from the, the mansion that would probably be going through the woods to investigate the missing guy if he was lying. I mean, we don't know. Okay. You know, like, you know, just keep keep a lookout. And we were going to go check on what supplies they were getting. Oh. All right. So you guys head out. And so you're going to head down toward the town first and then up toward the mansion to kind of get a full sort of scope of what's happening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. All right. So um, you make your way through the woods off the road so that you stay out of sight and you get down within sight of the, the small town of Poise. Um, make me uh, just kind of make me spot hidden rolls. Just kind of get a, a look, a feel of, of what's going on in the town. Man, I need glasses. I don't make any of those checks. I'm going to lock this. That's four. Okay. I can, I can waste that. All right. So uh, let's see. So <laughs> so Dubois doesn't notice this. But um, actually, um, the one thing Dubois notices, and which is why he notices nothing else, is uh, your attention is drawn immediately to the tavern as you've just hiked down the hill. And um, I'm out of drink. Oh and, and it's like, yeah, you might be thinking about having a beverage. Uh, you kind of look toward the tavern, maybe to decide if you would have time. And mm. you're sort of flabbergasted when you realize that it's it's only maybe three in the afternoon and the tavern's closed. And then Babon and Pressy, as you're looking around, you notice that the houses are shuttered. There's no foot traffic in the streets. The, like, the animals are put away in barns. 
there is like it, it is like quiet. Like and you listen, you can hear that people are like in their homes, but everyone has sort of gone to ground and is not out and about. And then Pressy is the first to hear, and then Babon and Dupois, after he gets over his shock of the tavern being closed, uh, you hear the sound, it sounds like barnyard animals. You hear like sheep, you hear cows mooing, you hear then you hear like clip clop on the cobblestones, and you see being sort of herded through the streets, heading for the road to the mansion. There's all these animals that are being herded. There's pigs, there's some dogs, there's horses, there's mules, there's cattle, there's some deer amongst them, sheep. And and you see these men with the uh, the faces covered, like the guy that was driving the carriage that first night where you were working at the cemetery and the catacombs. And they are guiding these animals along the road and up the cobblestones. And there's there's like... 10 men and there's like an army of animals that they are like herding up along this way as they go Percy's probably immediately going to want to like hug a wall and probably be like okay will we see what we were looking for let's go do you guys want to make me some are you going to try to like follow them back and see or do you want to make stealth checks that's what I was thinking that works. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good at those, but okay. The cat will let me. <laughs> and I, I have Bonaparte like in my jacket. Yeah. So he's not like chasing after these animals, you know. Oh, guys, I'm terrible at stealth. I'm sorry. I'm gonna ruin this. Uh oh. Oh. Yikes. Oh boy. All right. So let's see. Yeah. Um. That shouldn't be too bad, guys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So uh, you guys do make, aside from uh, Pressy, Dupois and uh, Babon, you're making uh, quite a bit of noise. The only thing that you realize is your saving grace is that the farm animals are making more noise are than noise. you are. So, so when you do make noise, like you have time before you're noticed to sort of duck away again, as it's just such a cacophony of moos and neighs and bleeding of sheep and barking it's just crazy like at one point Dupois you almost get given away because Bonaparte responds to another dog barking but you just sort of muffle him down in your shirt and like no 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 um and you watch and as this group just herds these animals up the road and it takes a bit of time but they are herding them up and up and they're heading for the gates of Fenelik's mansion and bringing them into the grounds so you guys keep shadowing them and following them? Mm, I don't know that we want to follow them into the grounds. I, I, yeah, I don't think we... Yeah. I, I noticed the other two weren't as... Uh, like, Grancy isn't stealthy, but you two were, like, tripping over yourselves almost. All right, so when, when they get them to the gates and they open the gates to bring them in, and you guys have shadowed them up the hill to this point, uh, you notice that the animals start to kind of freak out. Like they the the they kind of pull pull back like they don't want to go in. They seem to panic a little bit. Like they're frightened. Uh, you know their eyes are wide and dilated. A couple of them are kind of breathing heavy. You can see them just sort of freaking out. And these servants sort of resort to they they take out whips and they physically drive them in, or they get them by the ropes that are around their necks and they manhandle them through the gate and into the property proper. 
and continue forcing them up toward the front area of the mansion and sort of herd them all in that front. Like it's for, you know, it's a pretty good ways up through the driveway and around the circle to the front, but they kind of herd them in. They have them all sort of in that area in front of the entrance of the mansion and they just kind of herd them there. What are you guys doing? What could he possibly want with all of them? What does the village expect that they're so, you know, shudders all up? Tavern clothes. I think they fear the man. (laughs) You better fear him. I don't understand. Should we invest? Should we talk to the townsfolk? I don't know if any of them would answer. That's true. It's still a possibility. They would have to fear him for some reason. Or. We could go to the tavern, pretend we're just thirsty from our travels and see if they will let us in. I really didn't get to look. Was it open? No. (laughs) Really bad, if that's the case. We could see if the tavern keeper would open up for potential customers. We we would blend in the best there. Soldiers going in for a drink. Even if they're from out of town, would seem a little more uh, feasible at a tavern than a, a random farmer's Person's house. Yes. Very true. So we can go ch- try the tavern and see if there's anybody will answer. Yeah, you can try that. So as Babin says this, you hear a shrill squeal from up by the manor. Like something is in horrific pain and then it ceases very quickly. A moment or two passes, and you hear another. This just, and then nothing. Uh, Can we like look through the gate? Because they're are they in front of the house? They are. You could look through the gate. You could even you could try to climb a tree. Uh, somebody has a telescope, spyglass. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, <laughs> um, I was ready. They- before we go into town, what the bloody hell's going on over there? As we go up, I try to like, maybe try to climb a tree and use the telescope. Why not? Okay. Uh, but I was just going to kind of like against the wall, but like peer through the gate, like try to like stay a little hidden as he looks. So he's not just like standing there at the bars like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> what oh. are you doing? All right. So here's Bubba. Those looking through the gate can roll me straight spot hiddens. If, uh, so Pressy, you're climbing up. So roll me a climb check. Oh, Oh, do I want to Uh, spend another four? Of course you do. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. All right. All right. And Pressy, make me a spot hidden with an advantage dice. Because you're using the... uh Oh, Oh my God. Wow. Let's see. So with the advantage dice, you are at a... Doop-doo-doo. Yikes. So you'd be... Yeah, um, well, you're only, you're like 23, but yeah, you're a little ways away. Yeah, so you get up in your vantage point, you look around, and there is a tree kind of right between you Gosh. and what you can see. Um, but I spent my, I spent my luck. I did. Yes, you did. So you, uh, looking through your vantage point uh, from the gate, uh, you, you see these men had dragged the animals out, and they're in that front area in front of the mansion, um, and they are slaughtering them on the lawn they are just 
like going and just killing them one after the next. You hear continuous like shrieks of pain from the animals um, <clears throat> and squeals as they're brutally slaughtered. And they are kind of doing it, sort of working in a group. They hack off the head and then you see them uh, like carry the animal into the house. Um, they're sort of like, they hack the head off, they cut the fur, like, or the other coat, and then they take them inside, and then as they finish with them, you see them carrying, like, the carcasses, the un, like, used part of the carcasses that are left, they sort of carry them around the side of the house toward the back garden, and when they come back, they they don't have it with them anymore, and then they go and get another, and they do the same thing. And they do this with, like, all of these animals that they brought in. And it takes them a little bit of time. But when they finish dragging these off and, and doing all of this, you see them start spreading sawdust around the driveway. So what you figure is to cover up the bloody mess that they've made of the driveway. Babon's mm. uh, just gonna... Because Pressy's gone, so he's just gonna turn over to Dupont and say... They're slaughtering every single animal, cutting the heads off, removing the coats, bringing the furs inside for God knows what reason, and then disposing the bodies. All that good meat is going to waste. We? All the people starving in Paris. God. Something isn't right. So, what were they doing with the heads? So huh. they, they lobbed off the heads and they okay. carried them inside. Uh, the heads and the and then, and then they cut the coats and they brought those okay. but yeah and then they took whatever's left and they took it around the back of the house to god knows where um thanks Fabon is gonna say you know at the last party they made us wear masks now they're bringing in these coats and just heads of animals I worry about what the guests will be donned in once mm. they go inside. He's going to do like a little shudder. I'm glad that didn't go in last time. Dear lord. Meanwhile, Pressy's up in the tree. Oh, that's a beautiful canary. <laughs> <laughs> you do know, uh, one thing that you note, uh, Babon, as you watch this whole horrible scene, uh, mm -hmm. you never see uh, the master of the house. Yeah. During this whole thing, like the, these, all all of this is handled by the servants. He never makes an appearance. Okay. Yeah. Then after he sees all that, he's just kind of like slowly back away. <laughs> One of them a bear? No, they did not bring a bear. These were mostly like uh, kind of like regular creatures. Like you could either, you know, like. Basically, nothing that's like a predator, except mm. except maybe the dogs could be considered predators. Yeah. So, what are you guys gonna do? So you've you've seen this animal slaughter. Well, well, whenever Pressy comes down from his tree, Rebel's gonna relay all that information again. It's like I couldn't see anything. You have you had a spyglass. There was a tree in the way. It was a beautiful canary. Melody <laughs> <laughs> would love it. Only I could paint. 
sing a song to her about it. Okay, let's let's do it. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> We have more important things to do. Did any of you see? Hmm. Wait. And he's just gonna relay all the animal slaughtery. Mm. And then the detail of Dupont covers Bonaparte's ears. (laughs) And then his theory about how they brought in just the heads and the coats, and how he's worried about his Pressy was in there with him with the masks and all the other weird, creepy shit going on. So. I agree with your uh, presumptions on what he's going to do with that. Uh, I think the soldiers. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. The soldiers are in the, they're on the all around the perimeter, right? Did they see the, where the dead bodies are being disposed in the back? I assume. So your men are currently in camp. You haven't. Uh, you haven't had everybody oh, go and take right. position. Um, but you can at any time. You can go back and say, okay, we're going to, to roll out and we're going to get everybody set up for this evening. It is, uh, it's it's now, like, you guys kind of were there for, like, the slaughter, so it's, like, getting on to, like, a little after four in the evening now. So you've got about eight hours, a little less, before, you know, the, the guests are going to probably start arriving and the Count is going to kick off his soiree. Unless the three of us just want to go. Like, if it's just the three of us, we go around back and try and see if we can climb the wall no, like we did before. Hmm. Just to see what the bodies are doing, because that's weird. The, the only reason I don't want to risk that is there's a lot less likely uh, of being of any strategic importance to us trying to uh, recommend everybody. Hmm. Even if they're feeding it to some dog, big dog or something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It won't be much concern for others. They might be preparing them for dinner. For all we know. Even the uh, poor pups. Mm. Yes. They had to belong to somebody in town, which is another reason why I'm still wanting to check town. We go back to town now. We do that. Before it gets too dark. Yeah. Um, I, I figure we'll probably set up formation around the manor uh, a few hours after dark, probably. Um, okay. So that we have enough time that no one will really see us okay. when we're getting set up, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're not going to sit there for six hours waiting, you know. <laughs> Are you ready? No. no. Are you ready? Yeah. No. Right, Jeff, no. Was that it? No. All right. So you make your way back down uh, to the town and now uh, it's it's started to get dark out and the town has an even more sort of like ghostly feel to it as it's it got it's it it didn't seem like it could but it seems like it's gotten quieter here as you look around and the streets the streets are empty and there's just like this you, you all kind of have this like gut sense of like dread. That mists over there? I mean, anyway, so... <laughs> the, has Pressy seen any actual, like, on, on, on the war front action? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, not so much like, uh, like... It, like German-French border. Probably a little bit, maybe, of that. This, uh, this reminds me of, um... 
war and boarded themselves up. Hmm. Okay. Leap. I don't, I don't want the sound of that. It's always the uh, common people who suffer, to be honest. So and they have to know something if they're boarded up. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, I mean, the, the, this little town is made up of a, a, a collection of taller houses that range around the square. Um, there is uh, the Collegia Notre Dame de Poise, which is um, kind of set off in onto one side. It kind of overshadows the little town, um, and you can see like it's just very, very quiet. There's nothing going on here. Yeah. Tavern's probably still closed. Yeah, no, nope. yeah, yeah. the, the tavern is closed. No. Uh, this time, I actually, we actually, I think, go up to tavern and knock. Babon puts on his wine glass hand attachment. Um. So when you knock, uh, make me listen checks. How do I keep passing these? You're amazing. Every time. It's every every time. horn. It's the French horn you have in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That was a hard pass, too. That's yeah. Wild. Almost extreme. I know. Extreme listening. <laughs> All right. So, Dupois, are you listening? I tried. I failed. That was a spot hidden. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Whoops. What am I doing? Oh, oh, you oh, got this. Oh, look at you. All right. So, well, <laughs> Dupois, you notice uh, when when the, the knock goes off on the door, um, you hear like the clinking of glasses, like somebody moved near the bar. You know that sound? It sounds like somebody's definitely in there. So they don't answer the door and they do not respond to the knock. Someone's in there. By the bar. We just wanted a sip of wine. Roll me a, a persuade check. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be difficult because they seem like they don't want to answer. Also, uh, let's see if you can... That's the... Uh, like the that's church. The, is that the estate? No, that's the uh, Collegie de Notre Dame de Poise. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that kind of sits at the edge of town and kind of overshadows the little town. Okay. Oh, probably not important. <laughs> okay, okay. okay so persuade you said uh yeah and it's and you got to get a, a hard success to get them to come um, to the door uh, okay oh all right that one, that wow one is your is bad yes it is that's worse than mine okay okay Damn. so we'll, we'll put that in character i knock. mine's actually good <laughs> i knock mm-hmm. hey open up you you get no response what do the other two of you do when this happens? Babylon has an axe and he's just gonna kinda of pull it out, be like Uh maybe a little much. Maybe. Uh, uh, uh Dupois will will knock uh after Pressy and just sort of say uh, soldiers of his royal majesty in need of drink. Nope. Roll me a persuasion roll. Oh god, I'm gonna fail. <laughs> Are you as bad as me? I'm better, but not by much. Oh, extreme! Oh, yes. 
What the fuck? So you need to remake this character and make him the drunken master. I swear. Yeah, Jesus. So you hear very quiet footfalls and uh, the door opens just a crack and there's only like a like a hooded candle like that they're holding and uh, inside there's no lights on and a small uh, a woman's voice says I'm I'm sorry the tavern is closed for the night big meaty hand uh, in between (gasps) the door and the the side (laughs) just so she doesn't close it on us what do, what, what do you uh, want? What what do you want? We want would, a drink. But we we are, we will open again tomorrow in the afternoon. Is there is there any reason why us? We've been marching all day. Quite tired. Um. Well, uh, it's uh, well, it's getting late. The sun has set, and uh, it is uh, you know. The, the streets, uh, you know, it can be very dangerous at night in places. So we have, uh, just for safety, and you see uh, her eyes kind of flick over your shoulders looking about. You guys can make uh, psychology rolls if you want to. Okay. Do it. Oh, I am super good at that, too. I know, right? Oh. See? Told you. Oh, we all passed. <laughs> wow. All right. So wow. all of you, every one of you realizes that this woman is terrified of something don't, don't worry ma'am you have three of the kingspins with you we'll we can protect you well i oh. promise we won't drink well at least i won't drink too much as i uh shoulder bump pressing she says yeah. she's or not myself yeah she's, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah oh. uh. <laughs> uh she she looks at you and her eyes are kind of pleading and she says uh pl- please uh t- you you should move on for tonight, please. Don't don't linger. The town is is no place to be after dark. You should continue on your way, and uh, perhaps find drink at the next open tavern you get to. It it would be better for all of us. But this is such a small town. How much danger could there be? Hmm. Her eyes flick like away toward where please. the mansion sits, and then back, and she says, "There." That it, it is just not safe. You never know who who is lurking in the shadow, waiting, watching, listening. Well, uh, sorry to trouble you then, miss. No, no, no trouble. Thank you for visiting, and we hope to see you again. Would you mind getting us uh, at least like a bottle? Roll me another persuasion check. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you one? Oh. She oh. says, I would appreciate if you would go, though. Now, please. <laughs> Duplass, you're like, oh, and everybody else is just like, okay, let's go to Bob. Yeah. We just each hook an arm and just drag uh, him away. Yeah. No. That's what the fail was. What alcohol? <laughs> oh. Fall apart, run in there, get the bottle. It's gonna be a long night. <laughs> and as as the door closes, uh, you hear like it sounds almost like a table being moved. No. <laughs> and a thump against the door. Like they've God. taken more precautions. Adam pulls out his axe again. Why do oh. I why do I oddly feel safer in the woods? Yeah, yeah that's not good. Well, we don't have any more time to investigate. We should go back and get ready. Get the men all set. Mm. 
And then to get ourselves set to enter the party. Mm. Make sure you get us here. Yeah. I, I assume we had the carriage like in the hidden also in the woods. Somewhere. Yeah, you guys probably oh, yeah. brought it along with you. It probably is sitting next to the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that during the week, uh, Babon and Bomains tried to figure out a way to rig the cannon in the carriage. Mount it, yes. Mounting <laughs> it. I, I like to think Bevon has like the specific hands he needs for firing the cannon with the cannon. Like they're like sitting on top. Yeah, so in a pinch she's ready. Like yeah. he has like the, the long batch thing, so he could just like strike his hand against something and just light the cannon. Uh, I was thinking it was like a long pole thing, so you could like pound the um the black powder in Take to shoot. Hand that empties black powder, takes it off, puts it in the pole arm, does it, and then nice. pulls out the match hand. Just we're ready. So uh, yeah, so it's uh, if you guys want to call it for tonight, and we'll come back next time ready to uh, nice. to mount your yeah. offense against the count's residence during uh, his soiree. See how we do. I mean, hey, hey, there were no sanity checks tonight. So, I mean, that was, you know, it was a nice. I was really expecting one when I was watching all the animals get slaughtered. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to have to roll a sanity for this one. Not yet. (laughs) I mean, if we were like in in the future and you were a vegetarian, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we uh, we will come back to this uh, in two weeks with uh, the soldiers plotting and preparing and making good on their offense into Count Fenelik's residence to arrest the evil Count and bring him to justice and free the Queen from his dark influence. Da, 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 da. So, Poor die trying. I know. We only have like 50 soldiers. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? How many soldiers does it take to arrest one German Count? Right? Find out next time. Uh, Alright, so let's do a... German, German Count? German Count. Forty soldiers. Fifty <laughs> <laughs> soldiers. Okay. That's what he does as he murders each soldier. One soldiers. Forty-eight. One French soldier on the wall. Take him down. Slash him around. <laughs> Forty-eight soldiers. They do have the spikes on the wall. On the wall so I mean. Yeah. And that is when Babon comes with this new hand extension. Just <laughs> Babon, Babon's new hand extension is this long pole with like a flat plate so you can keep him at bay. No, no, no. <laughs> I put on my battering ram arm extension, just punch through the gate. Who needs a cannon? <laughs> I want you to what, get a small it? cannon extension. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I was about to say, do you think it would be. I, I don't think it would be. A lot of these hands haven't been reasonable, but do you think. No. You, <laughs> Cannonball on like a wrist thing. Oh my god! Just like, like a hunting boom. weapon. Oh, like a like a boxing. Well, that would be heavy. I know that, that you'd be probably using for overhand swings and stuff, but still. Yeah. Mallet hand. <laughs> I came in like a cannonball. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Uncanny Adventures podcast. Come back next time to continue our adventures.